Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. So in today's episode, we're going to talk all about nutritional periodization. You've probably heard us say you can't diet forever. And in today's ep, we're going to talk all about why this is true and what you can do instead. Nutrition periodization is just a complicated way of saying how to be smart and intentional with your nutrition by planning out different dietary phases. So we'll dive into all of that, as well as the different phases of dieting and what to consider along the way. This episode is going to be for anyone who's been a chronic dieter, anyone who wants to lose weight or change their body composition in the future, but there'll also be plenty of takeaways for anyone pursuing performance or longevity and health as well. Just for a little outline, we're going to start with an overview of what our body and metabolism are designed to do. In other words, this concept called metabolic adaptation. Then we'll go into nutritional periodization. We'll explore each of the different phases, and then we'll end with putting it all together and giving you some considerations on where to start in your own journey. Yeah, this is a really important one and a topic we have found ourselves talking to a huge portion of our clients with about right now. I feel like it's all we talk about lately. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot of Instagram posts, Mm -hmm. lots of client conversations. So we figured this was a good one to share. For sure. Something about that, like end of summer wanting to like, quote unquote, get our shit together. (laughs) One like in a panic about their body composition or like their body image right now. So definitely a very important topic and episode. Yeah. Listen up. Okay. So let's go over the concept of metabolic adaptation first. So we'll kind of break it down in a way that it was described to me um, in a way that I felt was really helpful to understand, because I think sometimes the principles are a little complicated and sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of an analogy to work through things. So First of all, let's look at like our body's functions in general. So all of our body parts and components function for specific purposes. We know this, but in general, they work to keep us alive and healthy. This is especially true of our metabolism, which functions to ensure that we have energy and energy stores to keep us going. So it works with our energy balances, meaning the calories we're consuming in versus the calories we're expending out. However, our bodies have not necessarily evolved over time to keep up with our current world. So some of the natural processes that our body has need to really be kept in mind when we're pursuing our goals. So here's what I mean by this. If we know that our body's ultimate goal is survival, we have to then recognize that it's constantly scanning our environment for what it's considering to be threats. So that's going to be like anything Um, If we look back in like caveman times, those are going to be like famines, wars, things like that. 
And our body is going to be able to adapt physiologically with internal mechanisms to downrate our metabolism, change our hormones, and change different things in order to help us keep up with that changing world. So when our body experiences less calories in via our food than we are expending via various components that we'll get into, or if we're saying like we're dieting or again, going back to that caveman time, what is, would be considered like a famine, our body adapts to that. So in doing so, we become more efficient with less so that we can still function. In order to do that, our body foregoes all the unnecessary things, or sorry, the things that are unnecessary for survival, which is why in a long-term deficit or what our body views as a famine, so like chronic dieting, we see changes and decreases to things like sex hormones. So we see a decreased libido. We can see a disappearance of the menstrual cycle um, and therefore fertility. Because if we are in a place where our survival is at stake, our body doesn't care about getting pregnant or being fertile. Just like muscle mass can decrease. Because again, our body doesn't care if we look lean, if our survival is at stake. We can also see things like changes to our skin, our hair loss, our energy levels decrease, and ultimately that's because our metabolism is downregulated. So if we cut to then our present day life, our body doesn't know that we're not actually in a famine. It doesn't realize that we can like get on our phones, you skip the dishes and order pizza to show up like straight to our house. So it still goes through that same process that it was originally designed for. And so dieting, really when we think about it is a true privilege because in a lot of places in the world, like famines are still happening. And so if we're putting our body through a specific diet, we really, really want to be as smart as possible about it. Mm -hmm. All that said, if we still do want to lose weight, we can do so while trying to mitigate as much of those negative changes as possible. So what we want to be doing instead of just chronic dieting and putting our body through all of those kind of negative symptoms of a metabolic downregulation, this is where nutrition periodization comes in. For sure. I want to just clarify that today when we're talking about diet, we are talking about like a intentional calorie deficit, yeah. right? An intentional calorie deficit. Cause I think the word diet can mean a lot of different things, but for today's purposes, just keep that in mind as we're saying diet. Diet we're referring to, yeah. Yeah. Great. Clarification. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, yeah, I love that way of looking at it. Metabolic adaptation. I mean, that was a very layman's terms mm -hmm. or like simple way of describing it, but it is a very complex process. Okay. And we could do another podcast about the complexities, but that's not really important. What we need to fully take away from that is that our body is going to become more efficient with less when we are in periods of low calorie intake. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that can also be, maybe we think we're consuming enough calories, but if we are exercising at high intensities and high volume, we can still be in an energy deficit. Okay. So there's lots of different ways that this can play out. So if we move into, okay, cool. We know that. How do we then enter a diet phase or a calorie deficit in a healthy way, that's where nutrition periodization comes in. And basically nutritional periodization just involves going through different phases of the, we'll call it diet cycle for today, um, to ensure that we are 
minimizing any metabolic adaptation that might occur, which is going to then help keep our health markers in check while also pursuing changes in our body composition. Okay. So it's basically going to minimize the negative long-term term effects that can come from chronic calorie deficits. Okay. Want to add anything to that? No, I think that's a good overview. So yeah, when we look at nutrition periodization, it really is the process of planning out our diet to ensure that we have different diet, the different diet phases needed to facilitate long-term success while also pursuing our goals. Okay. And generally, if we look at the phases, they are going to include a fat loss or diet phase, a recovery phase, also known as the reverse diet, which we have talked lots about lately. And we're going to do a future podcast episode all on reverse dieting a maintenance phase, okay, a period of time where we are just living our life. Mm-hmm. And um, and then if needed, an optional phase whereby we are in a bulk or a surplus and really trying to whether that's build muscle tissue, recover hormones, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are kind of the main, today. Those are kind of the main <laughs> phases. We also could consider a like pre fat loss phase. If you're someone who's just starting out, we might need to add a, add a phase before the fat loss phase, but those are kind of like the phases and then kind of just go in a circle. Yeah. The cycle. Yes. Okay. So most people want to go into a cut. Most people come to us and they're like, okay, I'm ready to lose some weight. And so when we, why do they want to go into a cut? What do they think is going to happen by restricting calories? I mean, is this a trick question? I think lots of things are going to (laughs) happen. Most people want to tone. Oh, right. I was like, where the fuck are you going with this? (laughs) That's where I'm going with it. They do think they want to tone. They want to look more. They want to look like they lift. They want to look lean. They want to look strong. Right. And so they think the the solution to that is to go into a cut. But anyway, sorry. I, (laughs) that's not, that's not the solution. Thank you. But I okay. So keep going. So Sarah's correct. Most people do want to look toned. And so the automatic assumption is that, well, we need to go into a weight loss phase. But before we start a diet or the weight loss phase, a calorie deficit, whatever you want to call it, there are some things we really, really want to make sure of. So before throttling our calories into a deficit, we want to make sure that First and foremost, we haven't recently tried to diet. So ideally, we mean you haven't purposely or unintentionally put yourself into a calorie deficit within the last six months or more. Depending on the individual, this timeline might change, but generally that's what we want to look at in terms of being healthy, pursuing other goals, eating at maintenance for at least six months before trying to diet. Certainly the longer is better um, and other factors will need to be considered there as well. We also want to make sure that our biofeedback, specifically things like stress and sleep are in a really good place because if we're stressed as fuck and we're sleeping like shit, putting a further stress on our system through a calorie deficit is not going to be 
fun. It's not going to be efficient and it's probably not going to be successful. And so getting all of those other factors, our other health markers, those things in check and in a really solid place, again, for something like six plus months would be ideal before putting yourself into a diet phase. Can I interject there? Of course. Um, With that, I want to, that is so, so important. And I think a lot of us, when we are in in a time in our lives, when we feel stressed or things like in our life are kind of like crazy or all over the place, we can turn to a diet or intentional weight loss as a way to feel control, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and we can project that like buzziness onto our body and we can automatically fall into that place of like, I need to restrict calories. If I just felt better in my body, like my life wouldn't be so hectic and crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what we see in a lot of our clients for sure. And a lot of the women we talk to, especially, um, So just want to stress the point that like, that is not a good reason or a good time for you to enter a calorie deficit. Correct. Which is why we have a lot of those challenging conversations with clients. So for for coaches, here's a takeaway is like, there will be times where you might have to spend time strictly just talking about goals and whether or not they make sense for your client at the time. And sometimes that means literally talking people off the calorie deficit ledge. Yeah. (laughs) And we do truly want the best for our clients. And sometimes that might come at the expense of body composition for the time being, at least. Yeah. But long-term, it's going to be way more beneficial. Totally. And more fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the last kind of point here to consider before diving into a deficit is to make sure you are mentally and environmentally ready. It makes, we want a diet to make sense in the context of your life. And so what we mean by that is, again, going back, like if you're stressed, if you've got a major life change, if you are starting other things, maybe you're going back to school, maybe it's a new career, maybe you just had a child, things like that don't necessarily lend themselves to be in a good spot to go into a deficit. Or even maybe it's just like it's summertime when our lifestyle and where we need to be putting and prioritizing energy doesn't align with being in a calorie deficit. That's something that we really want to be aware of too, because if we're not setting ourselves up for success, again, we're going to make the process feel like a slog. And that generally leads to some other things. For sure. That said too, when we're considering this, there's probably never going to be necessarily like a perfect time, you know, and that's where nutritional periodization comes in. If we understand these phases, we can look at, okay, this is out of like all of the few months in my year, these are going to be like the most ideal few months to enter a calorie deficit. Right. Um, so, and just because it's not a good time to enter a calorie deficit doesn't mean that it's not a good time to prioritize your nutrition in other ways or move through another one of these phases or something like that. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. <laughs> Just as you were saying that, I was like, okay, this could be taken the wrong way. <laughs> oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So then when we are like, if we can check all those boxes, we haven't recently dieted, our biofeedback is kicking and we're a fairly mentally and environmentally prepared. Let's maybe talk then about the trade-offs and the things that we'll need to be prioritizing in a calorie deficit or a diet phase. 
For sure. We will, we'll just touch on these really quickly because we did a full podcast mm-hmm. episode on the three types of nutritional goals. I can't remember what epi that was. I think like five or six. Yeah. Pretty early on something like that. Anyways. Um, so in that episode, we go more into the trade-offs and considerations for a diet phase. Um, but this is generally the most like, or the least flexible phase. Mm-hmm. It's going to require the most intentional effort, um, potentially more sacrifices if you want to call them that. Um, and so if we're moving into a diet phase, we need to keep that in mind. We need to have a full understanding of that and be willing to, um, I guess like live with that for the period of the diet phase. Yeah, exactly. So with that, if we've decided all the trade-offs are good, Then moving into the diet phase, we want to generally have a timeline in mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we want to say, okay, we are going to have this diet phase. Generally 12-ish weeks is kind of like the average. We might want to extend that a little bit longer, 16 weeks maybe, um, or we might want to do a little bit shorter one. That's going to depend on multiple factors, including your lifestyle, the severity of the deficit that you're going into your ultimate um, goals, okay, how much weight we have to lose, et cetera. So there's lots of different factors to consider there, but generally having like a timeline in mind is ideal when starting a diet phase. Yeah. It helps people like mentally know that, okay, like if this is becoming challenging, which it generally does, at least there's kind of like an end date in mind. And so, you know, that like, okay, I only have to push through this for a little bit longer um, and then we can transition. And that can be really helpful to keep people consistent and keep them adherent as they go. Yeah. It's also important to ensure that we're not dieting forever, Mm -hmm. right? To have a specific spot or a time in our mind of like, okay, even if we haven't reached our goal at that time, we need to be done because our body needs a break. Yeah. And we see that happen a lot because it's pretty unlikely for a good number of folks that they're going to get to their like goal body in one cut or one diet phase. It generally takes a few full diet cycles where we're going through each of the phases and coming back to the diet in order to get that because body composition involves more than just weight loss. It also involves the process of building muscle and things we'll get into. Yeah, that's a good point. For sure. Um, okay, so then if we have kind of a timeline in our mind, then we can also um, consider the frequency of our diet phases. Okay, so generally speaking, one, maybe two diet phases in a year. Yeah, depending on the person, depending yeah. on the context. We'll look at one and a second one might be like, uh, when would we even say a second one would be ideal if someone had reverse dieted really well and been at maintenance for just as long, if not longer as they were dieting originally and wanted to do maybe like a mini cut. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And then any other things that we want to talk about with the diet phase? Um, I think it's important if you're doing this by yourself to make sure that you know, while you're decreasing your total calories, you don't necessarily want to decrease protein. 
um, when we get to a certain point or if we're in a really severe calorie deficit, we can start to see some weight loss coming from muscle mass. And that's something we do not want or we want to minimize as much as possible. In order to do so, having an adequate or even a higher protein intake than normal can be really helpful for that. Yeah, there's a ton of research that that supports that idea that eating more protein in a calorie deficit helps maintain lean body mass. Um, so that's something really, really important to consider as well, because especially if we have goals at being toned. Yeah, um, we want to keep that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also want to continue to be strong and feel good. And if we get to kind of like the more minutia of everything. Protein also has a high thermic effect of food, which is one of the ways in which our total daily energy expenditure is expended. <laughs> and it keeps us fuller longer yep. for the most part. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, and then a few other considerations would just be considering diet breaks or refeed meals. We're not going to go into those today, but we will probably cover those in another episode. Um, both of those should be considered and should be part of any diet diet phase. And again, there's nuance there in terms of frequency, what they yeah. look like, et cetera. So we'll do another full episode on that. Yeah. There's a lot to consider there. If yeah. you want to have a diet break when you're PMSing, yeah. all those fun things. Yeah. So, so that wraps up the diet phase. Essentially, we were both yeah. going to say the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what comes next after, after we've dieted? The diet oh, after the diet. What comes next indeed? Mm -hmm. Something we have been talking about a ton on our social media re recently is the reverse diet. So the reverse diet is a slow and intentional transition away from the calorie deficit to eventually hit around your new, 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 new maintenance calories. Okay. And Nicholas said new new, 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 three new, times new, there, new, 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 new. um, because we're going to assume that after a diet phase, our maintenance calories has decreased because of metabolic adaptation. Okay. And so, the weight we've lost. And yes. And the weight that we've lost, right. We have less body mass. So we're burning fewer calories throughout the day. So yeah, reverse diet is going to be starting to basically bring up our calories out of that deficit so that we can get back to a place where we are um, eating adequate calories to support all of our bodily functions, as well as our performance and just like general well-being. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this process is going to look different for different people. I mentioned in kind of at the beginning, it's generally slow. And the reason it's slow is because we are slowly going to be increasing our calories generally because we've we've kept protein high, the increases are generally coming from fats and carbs primarily. Mm -hmm. And the slower and more intentional we are with those increases, the better we can minimize any adverse body composition changes. And what I mean by that is we can minimize the weight we're gaining back because we know that if we've worked so hard to lose weight and gone through that whole deficit process, the last thing we want is to just like, boom, gain it all back. That's what happens with traditional dieting though. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is a phase that's often forgotten 
And so it's like, cool, we've lost all the weight. Let's just go back to eating exactly how we did prior to the diet. And that is exactly what we do not want to be doing here. Yeah. So generally we're going to, like Nicholas said, increase from carbohydrates and fats primarily. And the speed of the process is going to depend on how severe your calorie deficit was. Okay. And how long you were dieting for those are probably the two biggest factors there. So if we were in a very severe calorie deficit and we were experiencing a lot of symptoms of metabolic adaptation in terms of decreased energy performance, hormone function, et cetera, we might want to do an initial like quick increase of calories. Okay. Um, otherwise what we're generally going to do is add I know a few grams of fats and carbohydrates per week, per week, bi-weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else we've seen a lot with clients too, is at the end of a cut, this like tendency to want to binge is a lot higher because restriction has been there. And so if you are someone who's coming out of a cut and you know, mentally it's been really challenging and you're noticing like, Hey, my relationship with food has plummeted. I'm feeling so restricted that might also be an indicator that you need a a bigger initial jump in calories to satisfy that and give you a little bit more food flexibility and then carry on with a slow um, increase. Yeah. So if we're looking at maybe like percentage of calories would be a good way to look at this, okay, is that if we're doing a big initial increase, maybe that looks like right away, we're jumping up 10 to 20% Mm -hmm. of total calories. Okay. From either carbs or fats or a combination of both. Okay. That can be where those calories are coming from can be dependent on whether you are like a performance-based athlete. Okay. In which case we might want to increase from carbs quick, more quickly than we do fats. Okay. If we are someone who really likes fatty foods, maybe we want to increase from fats sooner, right? There is, there is room for flexibility and like preference there. Um, but yeah, that initial increase might be like 10 to 20% of total calories. Okay. And then each week, maybe we're adding like three to 5% total calories again from carbohydrates, fats, or both. If we yeah, and that might that number might look different for different people. Um, if we already have, like, if there wasn't too much of a change in our maintenance calories too, there might not be that much room to jump up. Yeah. Um. Initially, um. So that's something to consider too. Um. So to find your maintenance calories, I mean, you can always go use like an online calculator, or better yet, we're kind of looking at our own data to recognize where that is. So this is something we do with our clients. So we help them with this process. But if you're doing it by yourself, things that you want to be looking at, if you're like tracking macros and taking your weight too, we can also look at the increases in the scale and the overall trend. So not just day to day, we're obviously going to see fluctuations and increases day to day, but over the course of like the first week after you've added some calories, what's your weight doing? It's likely going to increase a little bit, but is it stabilizing? If it stabilizes, that's a pretty good indicator that like, yeah, we can add again the next week. Again, you go through the same process. You're monitoring things like, yes, your weight, but you're also thinking about like sleep. How's that going? Um, How's my performance feeling? What's energy doing overall? How are you feeling? Those kind of things are really important to look at too. And so you kind of carry on with this weekly or biweekly increase 
until you reach a point where, okay, we've noticed our weight start to shift a little bit more. Again, certainly weight gain is expected, but the point at which it becomes like too much, if we're noticing, Hey, in like the first two weeks we've gained five pounds, that's a pretty good indicator that we moved a little bit too fast and we just wouldn't add any more. I wouldn't necessarily suggest decreasing, but I wouldn't add again right away until you've kind of seen that weight stabilize a little bit more. And that's kind of the process you'll go through um, over the long term until you hit a point where your weight, you've reached um, an increase in calories where your weight no longer changes. We can go too far and start to see too much weight gain, which would indicate that, oh, we went too far and put ourselves in a calorie surplus. Nothing wrong with that, but let's just mellow it out for a while. Um, Or you might find that if you had like used an online calculator and say it told you that your new maintenance calories was 1800, but you've already added calories to equal more than that. And you haven't gained any weight. That's a great sign. And that means that you can actually continue to increase and your maintenance calories are actually higher than were predicted by that calculator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We like the calculators because they give us an easy way to get an estimate, but really keeping track of that data and the way that our body is fluctuating on the scale. Progress photos are always good to use too. Um, It gives us a lot more information than any calculator can for sure. Yeah. I think let's touch on that point you just mentioned of using progress photos too, because we do see with clients like, okay, the scale has now increased a few pounds and panic ensues. But we have to remember that weight loss is not the goal here. Mm -hmm. And so we know we will see some weight gain, but we're trying to minimize what that looks like. And if we've been doing a great job at, you know, keeping our resistance training up, so we're still working on building muscle and are continuing to do so through the reverse diet, it's also likely that we're putting on muscle mass and it doesn't necessarily mean it's just fat gain, which can be scary for folks who've worked hard to reduce fat. And so taking other metrics and looking at things like, yeah, your progress pictures or measurements or just things like how you're feeling overall can be really good and part of the process to keep you motivated to move in the right direction, even if the scale is showing you a number that you don't want to see. For sure. And also just an understanding that if we're eating more food, the scale is likely going to go up. Our body is holding on to more water. Okay. Especially if we've increased carbohydrates. So again, it's not necessarily an increase in fat that's, that's reflected on the scale. So it's really, I mean, it's easy for us to be like, let's stay neutral to that number. We know it's not that (laughs) simple. Okay. But it's really important to recognize that like that scale is literally just a um, data point. Yeah. A metric. Yeah. For sure. Reflection of your mass at any given moment. Yeah. So let's, um, call that on the reverse diet because we are going to do a full podcast episode, probably our next episode or in the next couple on that. So, okay. We've gone through the reverse diet. We're at our new maintenance calories. What is the next phase? Living our lives. Yes. (laughs) best phase ever. Yeah. So once you've hit a point where your calories in, so the food you're consuming is essentially equal to the calories out. So the calories you're burning through various processes, BMR, thermic effect of food, your daily meat and your exercise, and you're experiencing neither 
a weight loss or weight gain on average. So over the course of like a few weeks at the bare minimum, you are at maintenance and maintenance is a beautiful phase. One could live their entire lives perfectly happy and healthy at maintenance phase. And for a lot of people, we encourage that. You don't have to diet again once you've hit maintenance. And a lot of great things can happen here because we are eating adequate calories. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Life's good in the maintenance phase because we, I mean, we're fueling our bodies. There's a lot more flexibility. Um, I think it's also important to recognize that like our maintenance calories isn't a specific calorie, you know, like it's not like 1850 is your maintenance calories. And if you eat 1900, you are in a surplus Okay, Our maintenance is really a range, just like we burn different calories day to day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Our maintenance calories are, is a range. And that's important to remember too, as long as we are on average sticking within that range, we should not see any crazy changes in body comp. We might actually see improvements in body comp because our body's in Mm -hmm. a better place to push it in the gym and to gain muscle mass and that kind of stuff. Um, so in the maintenance phase, it really is just about, okay, we've worked hard. We went through our diet phase. We saw some success. We reverse dieted. And now we're at a place where we just want to enjoy living in the body that we, that has been the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to stay here for a while. Okay. Nicola said you could live here forever. Cool. If you wanted to go into another diet phase or a surplus, that is an option as well. But what is not an option is the fact that we need to stay at this phase for a good chunk of time. Yeah. We've had, we've had some experiences where either we've had conversations with people or have had clients who are like, okay, cool. I just worked my way up to my maintenance. I'm going to cut again. And it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Remember that your metabolism and your hormones are going to be slower to adapt back. Those changes don't just happen overnight. Just like when they adapted and downregulated during the calorie deficit, that was a slow process. It wasn't like one day you woke up and your hormones and metabolism were a mess. So just the opposite happens. It takes a while for everything to kind of upregulate and get to a stable and healthy place. And that's why you want to stay in maintenance for at least as long, if not way more time than you were dieting. So if you dieted for three months, you want to be in maintenance for at least three months, if not something like six or more. Yeah. And notice that maintenance does not include the reverse diet. Right. Right. So if it took us three months to reverse diet, then we still need another at least three months in maintenance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're giving you these like ranges or these timelines as everything that we talk about, there's nuance here. Okay. It is really going to be individualized, but this is a really great place to kind of start um, for, especially if you're kind of new to this process. Yeah. Okay. And then we have the kind of optional phase of being in a surplus, which means eating more calories than we are expending. Okay. Generally that's going to not generally that will result in weight gain. Okay. (laughs) But generally if we are going into that phase, it's because we are trying to put on a significant amount of muscle mass. Okay. Or maybe we are needing to restore some serious hormone problems that have occurred from chronic dieting or, severely low energy intake. Yeah. Or if we're just like working out like fiends, if you're like a performance focused athlete, um, 
you might have to move into a phase like this as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just, just a side note, we won't talk about this phase very much, but if you are someone who is wanting to look toned or lean or whatever freaking word you want to use to describe that, this might be a necessary phase because we cannot have that look if we do not have a solid amount of muscle mass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Sarah just rolled her eyes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go into a rant, but that's enough for that. Yeah. Um, so, so just a, wait, do you want to touch on timeline here for your bulking phase? Uh, you can do that. Um, I was just going to say the timeline here isn't necessarily as as important so long as you already spent time in maintenance or if you just moved, you reverse dieted, went past your maintenance and moved into a surplus right away, then you would still want to stay here for as long as you were dieting. But if you already put in your time in maintenance and then went into a surplus, the timing is more or less like um, determined by what you're trying to achieve there. Like, are you trying to do like PR some things and really focus on the performance that way? Then your timeline there is kind of based around those goals. Um, versus like, if you are wanting to gain a certain amount of weight, that might be your timeline, things like that. Mm -hmm. I did. We forgot to mention this and I just thought of it, but the reverse diet can also be used for us to increase our maintenance calories. Yeah. Right. So if we've gone through this diet cycle a few times and we've worked our way up to our new maintenance, well, we diet again, our new maintenance gets lower. We diet again, our new maintenance gets lower, you know? So eventually there's nowhere to pull a calorie deficit from because then it's like, we're not eating. Life just sucks. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to just be able to eat a lot more food. That's what quite a few people end up wanting. Yeah, for sure. So you can use the reverse diet after a maintenance phase if you wanted to, to slowly increase your calories and work towards building your metabolism up to supporting higher maintenance calories. Yeah, well. which would potentially make like a future deficit easier, more efficient, meaning you could put yourself in a position where you're now dieting on more calories than you would have prior or been able to prior. We've had clients diet and be in a deficit at like 2000 calories a day which is sick, you know, which it, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, that's another consideration there, but so that's kind of the cycle. Okay. Again, just to recap, we have the diet phase out of that. We need to move into a reverse reverse diet to slowly increase calories. Then we get to hang out at maintenance and have a great time. Okay. And if we decide we want to go into another calorie deficit, the same considerations apply. Okay. Making sure that we are our biofeedback's on point. It's a good time in our life, et cetera. Okay. We can then move into another diet phase or cut. And if you want to put that bulking or surplus phase in there, that can always be inserted. Yeah. Cuckoo. Um, okay. So what were the main takeaways from today? I mean, we cannot diet forever, Sarah. Absolutely not. Did you know? Life would be If not, you know now. (laughs) sure it's um yeah we can't die forever for so many reasons the fact that our body is going to fight against it with all of its will is a huge reason but we also need to consider from a mental standpoint as well what dieting does to us in terms of obsess obsessing around food and creating negative relationship with food and 
having to give up other things in our lives that are important to us and stuff like that, right? It, um, it takes a toll in multiple ways. That said, if you use nutritional periodization, it can take less of a toll. Yeah, we can mitigate and more, and, and it's more sustainable in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, show. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so do we want to end with a fuck yes and fuck no? I mean, fuck yes, we do. Okay. You want, let's start with the fuck no. Uh, okay. If we were dealing with some major internet issues prior to this, and I'm currently hot spotting Wi-Fi from my phone. Sarah was such a mom. She's like, are you sure you want to do that? Your phone bill's going to be so high. <laughs> it always freaks me out. Well, I have but, unlimited data. It just means that I'll use all the high-speed data ASAP. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Anyways, so, internet issues, my God. Yeah, hopefully this podcast turned out okay. <laughs> if it was a flop, it'll be so disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. I mean, we talk about this stuff every day, so it's like... We could just record any Voxer message or <laughs> or send out a paper of our client messages, yeah, just printed exactly. out flyers on the street. Like, what's that movie? Oh my God. Don't ask me about movies. Oh no. What's it called? With Andy, is Andy Samberg? Hot Rod. And they're like advertising for their weird, like, um, I'm describing this so <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay, for anybody who's ever seen it, there's a scene where there's a hilarious guy like thrusting and handing out flyers in the streets. That's what we could start doing. About nutritional periodization. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, we talk to our clients about this all the time and literally every day. Yeah. It's one thing to understand the concept in our head, like, okay, yes, this makes sense. But when you're in it or you're in the middle of reverse diet or you're in a maintenance phase and you have a bad body image day, or, you know, you feel like this need to restrict it. It's really nice to have a coach there to kind of, like Nicholas said, talk you off the chronic or the calorie deficit ledge and just really like reel it back in of like, okay, what's actually going on here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because the majority of the time, it's not that we need to change our bodies or like restrict our eating. There's something else going on. And that's a lot of what we do inside of our coaching is we use these principles to guide and to, um, kind of like get the conversation started. And then we work on to like way more like complex and underlying kind of things that are going on for everyone. Yeah, How do yeah. we turn a conversation about internet into another rant about periodization? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't okay. remember. Anyways, well, that was my fuck no. What's yeah. your fuck yes? I had a fuck yes because I was like in a freaking mood this morning. I like wanted mm-hmm. to just sleep. I did not want to do anything. I was like, fuck this work day, um, which happens, you know, even mm-hmm. though we love our jobs, it happens. Sure, for sure. Um, but then I had an onboarding call with one of our new clients this morning and it just like, even when yeah even when you're like not in a mood to go on a call like just the humans we work with are so fucking awesome yeah fuck yes to all our clients yeah yeah. it's amazing it's really cool to be able to just have like real conversations you know I made an Instagram story yesterday about our intake process because I just like don't understand how coaching can exist without like talking to a human first or like you know, getting to know the person as like who they are outside of what they put in their mouth. Yeah. It's weird now. Cause when we first signed up with 
coaches we just did like an online intake form years ago yeah and now looking at that I don't think I would trust that I would would want that yeah I'd want to make sure that well maybe it's because we have really specific like we know exactly what we're looking for now right and I would be like so pissed if I signed up for something and it like the expectations just weren't there right or weren't aligned yeah for sure or the or the human that you got paired with was like did not vibe with you or something like totally. that. Totally. Yeah. The vibes. They so important. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, okay, that was my vibes. Yes. It was so nice. Yay. That's dope. Ooh. Okay. Well, that is it for today, everyone. Like we said, we're going to do some future episodes, especially on the reverse diet. Um, on diet breaks, refeeds. Yeah. All yeah. That fun stuff. All, all of that. So stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you could give us a review on iTunes, tell us what you liked. If you have any questions for future episodes, that kind of stuff, we really appreciate that. Um, you can also check out more from us on our Instagram. So at Nicola Spencer at Sarah Cod fit and at paradigm nutrition underscore there's those three accounts. Um, and then also on our website, we've got a few free downloads. Um, so you can hit up paradigmnutrition.net and check those out. Yeah. And if you're listening to this right away, we are in our last enrollment for shift ever. Shift yeah. is our 90 day mentorship program for women. So it includes one-on-one nutrition coaching, as well as the group aspect. We cover a ton of really wonderful modules We have group calls, diving into those conversations about body image, things like this, reverse dieting, nutritional periodization, um, domestic body image, relationship with yeah. food, all of that kind of fun stuff. And so the program starts September 20th. If you are interested at all, hit us up, fill out our application through the link in our bio on Instagram or find it online. Cool. And if you don't like applications, you can always just slide into the DMs. Yep. 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 Do a little, little vibe check-in on both sides. Yeah, for sure. We definitely want to, we want to talk to everyone before they move into this program, just to make sure it's a good fit and it's what they're looking for in terms of support, all that fun stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that is it for today, everyone. So, hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next week. Catch you on the flippity flip. Flippity flip. (laughs) Bye. Bye.